Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I love that song. We dance on an empty Grave. I don't know about you. You have overcome. Oh. You have overcome. Do you dance on your chest? We dance on an empty grave. You have I hope you're dancing at home as well. Oh, we dance. Oh. Amen. You have overcome. You, you have overcome. Amen. Happy Easter to every one of us. The fact that you're sitting here, the fact that you're listening to this, makes you an overcomer. It shows and it's a proof that Jesus indeed overcame and the grave is empty. Hallelujah. I just want us to approach the word of God this morning with reverence. Let's thank him for the privilege and the honor to gather as his feet in spite of. Heavenly Father, we look unto you this morning. We have come to Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem. Father, Lord God Almighty, in spite of, irrespective of, whatever might be happening within and outside us. Father, we look unto you this morning and the word of God says they look unto him and they were never put to shame, O oh God. We will not be put to shame in the light of your word today, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, I commit everybody under the sound of my voice into your hands, O oh God. I pray, O oh Lord God Almighty, that even as the word come out, Father, let it edify, let it rebook, let it correct, let it comfort, O oh God, let it make whole. Let it deliver, let it set free. Let it be everything that it needs to be to us this morning, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord God, I humble myself even in the light of your word. I do not put myself above this word, O oh God. Father, let it do an eternal work in and through me as well, O oh God. And even in and through everyone that is listening to your word, O oh God. Holy Spirit, take control. Make my, pen, make my tongue like pen in the hand of a ready writer. Let me not add to your word. Let me not remove from it. But let me declare with boldness and inaccuracy the truth and the light of the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. You are the word from the beginning. One we God most time. the hidden glory creation now revealing you are Christ what a beautiful name it is what a beautiful name it is the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. 
What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without That's the whole of Easter. He didn't want heaven without us. Jesus, you brought heaven down. Come on, my sin was great. Your love was greater. My sin was great, but love was greater. What can separate us from the love of God? What can separate us? What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. Thank you so much, choir. Hallelujah. Turn to someone that I know is very far from you. I know you don't have any neighbors as you're sitting down in view of the current times. Just shout, Happy Easter. And those at home, Happy Easter to you. We miss you. I had to go on, um, was it um, WhatsApp this week? And I was just craving everybody, you know, just missing all those that were pests and those that are loving. And, you know, that's what makes everything work. I miss everybody. I miss you. I can't wait to have you all back. I miss the children. Wow, I'm sure they'll be tall by now. Praise the Lord. You got me technical? Hallelujah. Today, we'll be looking at a very interesting phrase, which was used as a sentence. And it is called, it is finished. It is finished. It is finished. Let's open our Bibles quickly to John 19. John 19. I believe really I have it open. Amen. And we'll just pass through this by the help of the Holy Spirit. John 19, starting from 28, it says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now complete. Another, another version says, Jesus, knowing that all things are now finished. I believe NIV says, all things are now finished. But KJV says, all things are now complete. That the scripture must be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now, there was, a set, there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it up upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation 
that the body's preparation means it's, 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 um, okay, let me keep going. Deduce, therefore, because it was the preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day. Matthew, that's very relevant. We'll come back to that. For that Sabbath day was an high day, besought Pilate that their legs must be broken and that they might be taken away. Let's bear that their legs might be broken. Then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first. Remember from our story, uh, from our Bible story of the uh, Easter story, um, Jesus was crucified, surrounded by two thieves, one on the left and one on the right. So then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first. So I'm, I'm believing that's the first thief. And of the other, that's the second thief, which were crucified with him, 33. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his leg. Hallelujah. So it wasn't the soldiers that killed him. He was dead already. They break not his leg, but one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came there out blood and water. Mark that is also important. And he that saw it bear record and he record and his record is true. I know he knoweth that he said truth that ye might believe. These things were done that the scriptures should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. Hallelujah. And again, another scripture said, they shall look on him whom they pierced. Hallelujah. Straight up looking at this scripture, we'll find out that it was very, very important and strategic that Jesus be crucified on the Sabbath. That Jesus be crucified on the Sabbath from what we have read. And I'll prove it to you by the help of the Holy Spirit. If he was not crucified on the Sabbath, they would have just hung him on the cross and they would have left him there until maybe the next day or the day after or for how many days they will certify that he's truly dead. That way nobody will be able to pierce his side for the blood and water to flow out. Remember when he was breaking bread with his disciples, he said, this is my body, broken for you. He said, this is my blood, poured out. That phrase would have been non and void and ineffective and a lie. That statement of his blood being poured out, that prophecy of his blood being poured out, if he was not crucified on the Sabbath, and if out of trying to save their face, their faces, the priests, the leaders of the Jews did not say, you know what, let's wrap this thing up. Let's bring them down. Because this is the Sabbath, it's a holy Sabbath. We can't afford to have dead bodies hanging. Now the purpose of them breaking the legs is to make sure that even if they did not die, they can't run away. They can't escape till the next day when they come. But by the time they got to the Lord and Savior, lo and behold, he had already said it was finished. Now we're going to look at this statement. I like to 
explain things so I don't assume we all know. I don't assume I know, so this is how I learn. I, 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 I research. I'm a researcher by training. So if you look at the word, it is finished, it is a very intentional statement. Very intentional statement. And it is only used when you accomplish a task. When something is completely done, it's not used when you, have, when you are about to start something. You don't say it's, it's finished. If you tell me, oh, can you hew this log of wood somewhere? And I say, oh, it is done. I'm projecting. <laughs> right there and then, it's not done. I can lift the log and go, oh, you know what? This is beyond me, my pay grade and leave it. And that statement that I made before will be a lie. But Jesus said it is finished. Because he knew that the purpose for which he came to the earth was accomplished. As painful, I want you to go on this journey with me. I just want you to use your imagination. Don't just look at, the Bible says the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. So I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit will expand this words in our hearts in Jesus' name. You know, when something is accomplished, when something has come to an end, when it is not used when a task is ongoing. You can't be doing something and saying, it is finished. I'm, I'm, I'm going to a destination. I'm like, I'm there. I'm not there. If I set up from here and want to go down to Calgary, and I'm still around right there, and I say, and you call me, and I say, oh, are you, you ask, um, are you there yet? And I say, oh, I'm there. No, I'm not. That's a lie. But when I get to Calgary, and you give me a shout, and I say, I am there. Truly, I am there. So it is finished, is not used when a task is ongoing or on an abandoned project. That project has to be completed first before you can say, okay, you know what? Oh, I finished it last week. I finished it today. So let's take some examples of circumstances when we use such a phrase. If you're running a race, if you go on YouTube, you see some instances where they say some people celebrated before they should, you know? You see somebody running and they're already looking at the, at the um, tag or the, what do they call it, the finish line. And then they now realize, they're like, oh, I'm winning. And somebody just comes, and they'll be like, what a mistake. You see somebody who is playing tennis and, you know, they hit the tennis ball and they feel that their opponent cannot catch it anymore. And then they go, oh, it's all done. And before you know it, the opponent bounces the tennis behind them and they're like, I just lost the World Cup or the Australian Open. When you complete the payments of your loan, when you finish paying off your mortgage or your school loan or your car loan, such a happy day it will be. You'll be like, I did it. It is finished. I paid it off. When you finish cooking a meal, you've put together all the, all the recipes and all the ingredients and you've cooked it, then you say, oh, the meal is ready. It's finished. Come, I've finished cooking. You don't say you're finished cooking when the meat is still boiling. You know? And something out of the scripture, in Canaan of Galilee, when Jesus was invited to a wedding, the Bible says that the wine finished. You see, when something finishes, sometimes it kickstarts another thing. But sometimes it can be a positive thing that it will kickstart. Sometimes it's a negative thing. 
Like when the wine finished in Canaan of Galilee, it was the onset of disgrace for the host. So Jesus' mother had to go to Jesus and say, hey, you know what? You need to help these people out. And he said, why are you troubling me? Then he turned water into one which we know today. And the, 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 the chairman and the men at the occasion was like, wow, this wine is good. It's even better than the wine we had before. Most people, when people are drunk, they bring out the worst wine. But you have kept the best for the letter. Because Jesus was involved. He turned something that was finished. He kick-started another thing. He, turned it, he, he created something that triggered a successful story. So when you finish a tax and you start off for another, as, a, as a foundation or a start of another event, you can look at a task like um, maybe when you're cooking. After you finish cooking, the next thing is for us to eat, right? You have to invite people to come and eat. Then when you complete a degree in the university, you, you, you have your graduation ceremony or whatever, the next thing is what? You don't just sit down with a degree. You have to head out there. So you have completed a phase, but that is kick-starting another phase of your life. You have completed a phase, and that is a start-off for another phase of your life. When you complete a race, like I said, provided you come first anyway, it could launch your career. You can now go into Olympics, you know, be the next Usain Bolt or the next, uh, who again? Sorry? <laughs> Joseph, yeah. <laughs> I like that, amen. <laughs> you can be the next Joseph or the next Shade. <laughs> amen, you know? But if you don't win, hmm. but if you win, you find Nike, you find um, Adidas, you find all these people, oh, can you now be uh, uh, the face of our brand? You know, be like laughing to the bank, you know. But then, it has to be successful. So Jesus came to the world for a purpose. He had a mission. And he realized that the purpose for which he came to this world was completed. It's like chess. It's like chess. It's good to be on the offensive and not the defensive most of the time. Because when you're on the offensive, you are a step higher than, ahead of your, your, your friends or your counterparts. There's this movie that people have been crying about, Heist. I mean, that movie can give you blood pressure. And you'll be like, seriously, they're going to catch them now. Seriously, these guys are going down. And then for some reason, they'll do something again. I'm like, myself and my husband will just be screaming, yeah. It's like our, our go-to in the evenings now. <laughs> like, yeah, no way, no way. They did it, they did it, you know. Because they are always a step ahead. Jesus was miles ahead of the Jewish leaders. Jesus was miles ahead of the devil. The devil felt that he's coming into this world if he persecuted him and finally got him to be crucified. That would be the end of you and I. That would be the end of, of mankind as it were. But man, 
I love my Lord. If there's another game better than chess, he played it. He checkmate them. When he said it is finished, he had taken, is it all the kings or all the queens? And even all their pawns or whatever. He cleared the board. And they were still like, okay, we have a move to make. And when it was like, he was already gone. He was dead and he had gone. He had risen. They were like, he was dead. And they were like, what just happened? What, can we hit a rewind button here? What just happened? Because the Bible makes us understand that if they understood what was happening, they would not have crucified. If Jesus would have been begging them, please crucify me, they'd be like, ah, we're not crucifying you. Please crucify me. Like, as we say, is it, is it by force? Release Barabbas for us. But they were fulfilling scriptures. They did not know. God had a... Ma Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our Heavenly Father had a master plan from the beginning. From the very beginning. From the fall of man. He started designing a plan to give his best and his all for you and I. It's not an accident. I was telling someone yesterday, I said, it's only, I know myself. If I want to travel, I, I kind of buy my ticket late and I pay top dollar, which is not smart. But you find people that they want to go on holiday in two years. They've bought their tickets. They've, because then the reason being that I'm dealing darling. I'm dealing darling. Should I, will I go? Will I, should I not go? But when you have a plan, sometimes I sit and I'm like, if we care to look at it, the money you will pay for economy at times, you know, even economy without any bag that they do in soup and flare. Sometimes, if you catch this very good, you buy like in advance, way in advance. All you need is a little bit more money. And you probably will buy first class. Or close to it. Or business. And each time it hits me, I'm like, next time we must do better. But I don't. But my God, hallelujah. He is not like that. From the foundation of the world, he had chosen you and I. Hallelujah. He said he chose us in him. Wow. So by the time Jesus was coming, he was coming to redeem you and I. He was coming to save you and I. The devil did not, you know, he was like, let's kill him as a baby. He did not know, he, he just knew that this guy must not exist. At what point he needed to kill him, he didn't know. If he had known, I'm sure instead of looking for just he, uh, the, 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 the boys, Herod would have killed everybody alive. That way he wouldn't have gone to the cross because the cross was where it had to be finished. That was where the mother of all battles laid. The battle of all battles. So I was like, let me kill him as a baby. He couldn't. Okay, let me get them to stone him. He dis disappeared amongst them in the temple. What we will do? Okay, let's crucify him. Let's shame him. Let's, but then, the shame was part of God's plan, hallelujah. Because he had to take away your shame and my shame. 
So we look at some circumstances, you know, that happened when Jesus died, when he said, it is finished. According to Matthew 27, 51, he said, darkness covered the earth from the sixth to the ninth hour. Please mark it, darkness. Note that. Darkness. From the six, that's like 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. The sun was darkened. And darkness, the whole place just like now. Everywhere was completely dark. He said the temple veil tore. That's Luke 23, 45. From the top to the bottom. It's not like Jimmy, take the bottom one. Snip the, I don't care, Jimmy, that side. Uh, brought you and uh, grandpa this side. Oh yeah, pull, pull in opposite direction. So that people say they tore it from the bottom. No. And you know, these temple veils, the temples are really high. I had the privilege of going to, when I was doing this study, I, I was just, the Holy Spirit was just taking me back to my journey when I went to Israel. It was validating my faith and my belief and the scripture. That roof, before you can reach it. So for that cotton to tear from the top to the bottom, no human being, do you even have the crane to quickly go and get the crane through the building and, it could have only been God. And the tearing of the temple, temple veil is very significant. The earthquake, hallelujah. The graves of saints, not everybody's grave. The graves of saints, hallelujah, were open. That is very important. The graves of saints were open. Matthew 27, 51. Prophecy is outstanding. This guy was already at the cross. He was already dead. He had said it is finished. But there were some prophecies that still needed to be fulfilled. This man, he, 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 he gave communion. And he said, this is my blood that is poured out for you. Meanwhile, the blood has not been poured. They had only whipped him. Even though those whips had caught into his flesh. But it wasn't pouring. There's a difference between a drop and a spill. His blood had to be spilled. And that is an act of worship. We were talking at the Bible study about mosaic laws and offerings. When you pour oil, when you pour wine, when you pour blood, you know, in those days, they just sprinkle the blood. Boom, boom. And when it dries, your, your, your sin is showing again. But this guy soaked me. Hallelujah. You know, I was just feeling that blood. When I was doing the study, I was just like feeling the blood just rushing from my head down to my neck, down to my whole body, to my feet. And I was like, wow. It washes. That's why I say, what can wash? Not what can, what can, what can spot? Not what can wet. What can wash? If you're having a shower, you turn on the shower and the water runs over you. That's how the blood does. Better than that. The, the blood had to flow. So this guards, because it was a Sabbath, and the, 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 the Jewish leader, okay, he's dead. Oh, 
Why did we have to crucify him? They didn't even think that it was Sabbath that they were crucified. They just wanted the guy dead. And he died. Not, oh, it's the Sabbath. Come on. How could we? Okay, okay. You know, when you make a mistake and you're using another mistake to cover it up. I know as a child, when you, do, when you lie a bit, I'm like, ah, my parents will find this out. Okay, quick thinking. You use another lie to cover it. And then my mom, my dad didn't have that patience, but my mom, very humorous, very, very funny lady, at least to me. She'd be like, eh. So after this, what happened? And then I'll look up and down and be like, look for another lie to cover it. At the end of she said, you know you are lying. Since the very statement you made, I know you're lying. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> and then <laughs> when she lo- puts her hand under her chair like this, I'm like, oh my God, here comes. <laughs> it is finished, that is it. <laughs> it is finished. <laughs> the onset. <laughs> I love her to death, man. You know, they were like, we killed, oh, how could we even do it? Why didn't you even wait for the next day? But we just wanted, okay, let's bring him now. Then, then we're like, if we bring them down, they are not dead. What happens? Oh, okay. Break their leg, break their leg. And be like, but by, by the time they got to him, the scripture of, you're not going to break his bone in Isaiah. His bone is going to be intact. Hallelujah. Otherwise, like, uh, was it pastor that was joking? Doing, but you'd have seen when Jesus went to his um, disciples, like, <laughs> It is I, Jesus. <laughs> because they are broken the leg. It is I, Jesus. And they be like, I, Jesus was not limping. He had to walk in his majesty. Hallelujah. In his glory and his honor. Intact. It was only what he gave them that they took. It was only what he allowed out of him that, it, that, that, that came out. He had already said, my blood is going to flow. My flesh is going to be turned. Amen. Hallelujah. When Jesus died, like I said, the stage was set for the mother of all battles. He didn't just say it is finished. Like I said, when you use it is finished, it could sometimes mean the commencement of another phase or another project or another task. When he said it is finished, then he went. Colossians 2.15 says, he disarmed principalities and powers. All of them. He was playing with them before when he was on earth. He would say, Father, I thank you because you hear my prayer. Lose him. Leave him. This time he went to them and said, who are you? Oh yeah, all of you gathered together. You know when you disarm somebody, I was just, I, I said that I was thinking. You have an army ready to back to heist. <laughs> ready, ready to kill. And they're like, drop your gun. Drop your weapon and be like, okay, I surrender white flag, white flag. He took all their ammunitions. He took all their power. He disarmed them. Then he destroyed the power of him that has power over death. Ooh, did you catch that? Hebrews 2.14. He destroyed the power of him that had power over death. When he woke up, he's like, yes. That's why we say death could not hold him. He silenced the boast of the sin and grave. 
When he rose up, the guys were like, okay, now we're in trouble. Now we're in trouble. You know, it's just like a, 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 the quiet before the storm. If you watch the movie of the tsunami, those that caught the, the video of the tsunami, the water receded. For a while, those on the beach, they saw the water going back and they're like, what's happening? What's happening? The tsunami that happened many years ago. And all of a sudden, the water came with force and took everything out in its path. That's what our God did and even much more. Nobody could run. The devil could not run. Then he was able to make the statement quoted in Matthew 28, 16 to 18 that all powers, all power in heaven and on earth have been given to me. So if our Lord Jesus has all the power, who should we be looking up to? Who should we be crying out to? If the rulers knew, they would not have crucified the king of glory. So what is the significance of John 19, 28 to 30 to us? Let's quickly go to Isaiah 60, 1 to 3. You know, one of the things that happened, the first thing was there was darkness. There was darkness. Are you with me? Isaiah, he says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. Hallelujah. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, which he did, and gross darkness the people. Amen. But the Lord will rise over you. Hallelujah. Even though there's darkness all around, as a child of God, we have the light. His death brought us light. He brought us out of darkness into his light. So those things that happened while he was on, 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 on the cross, they were highly significant. And they continue to be significant to our very existence as children of God. By dying on that cross, he paid the price. He went into the holies of holies with his own blood. You know, not the blood of bull. Not of ram. And the quantity and the measure and the quality of the blood he took in was enough to satisfy a one-time offering. Hallelujah. A one-time offering for you and I if we came. That was why in Hebrews 5, 5 to 10, the Bible says God says he has made him high priest forever. No other high priest needed. You know what the high priest do? They take the blood, you go to them, you say, I've sinned. Then they tell you, go and bring your goats and your, you will not carry it from your house. Immediately you are even bringing it, they know that this person is a sinner. So to make things easy, they started selling it by the, by the temple door. Then later they moved into the temple so that to save you and I from shame, you just buy it, you just take it to the high priest. But then, the high priest will now shed the blood of the, um, of the, of the animal and then sprinkle it to cover your sin a bit and my own sin a bit. But Jesus poured his blood, hallelujah, in a measure that's more than enough. And he was made a high priest forever. By the tearing of the veil, I said that's another significant, significant thing. From the top to the bottom, he's trying to tell us that, you know, 
You don't need an intercessor again. The holies of holies is open. You don't need a pastor to, to pray on your behalf. You don't need to pay anybody to seek the face of God for you. He says you can come boldly to his presence. Hebrews 4.16 Approach God with boldness by yourself. I'm not saying that pastors don't have a place to support your prayers. They don't have a place to intercede for you. But I'm saying you have access, direct access yourself. They are just there to guide you. They are shepherds. Shepherds guide the sheep. They don't live the life of the sheep. Jesus' blood cleansed us from sins. Because the law requires that everything must be purged by blood. Everything must be purged by, if there's sin, blood has to be shed for their torments. But the quality and the measure of the blood that was shed for you and I was great. His resurrection from death and life was also powerful. You know, the saints waking up, the earthquake and the saints coming out is a proof to you and I that we are going to rise. Hallelujah. It's a proof to you and I that we're going to rise to life again. It didn't say the bodies of, it didn't say the grave of everybody. It said the grave of saints. He gave us examples. Even in death. Even though I'm dead, you're going to have light. Even though I'm dead, you don't need any other intercessor. You don't need any other priest. Come straight to the Father. Even though I am dead, you will rise. You will rise. Amen. Your blood, your sin has been pushed by his blood. So how do I apply this? How does this apply to you and I? First and foremost, we cannot afford to be ignorant. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, it says we need to be sober vigilant because our adversary, the enemy, walks around looking for whom to devour. The battle for your life and destiny, the battle for my life and destiny is real, ladies and gentlemen. It is very real. I'm not scaring us. It is real. But good news, it's already won. We're fighting from the winning side. We're fighting from the offensive, not the defensive. You're not a victim, you're a victor. So your mentality, my mentality in going into this battle of life has to be accurate. Because he has already won the battle for us. And this battle transcends generations. Matthew eleven twelve. It's from, it says, since the, since the days of John the Baptist, even until now, the kingdom of God suffered violence and only the violent in the spirit take it. Even though you are fighting from the offensive, you still have to be violent. You have to know your rights. You have to know the promises of God in his word. You have to hold on to those promises and say, God, you said this. He said he cannot break his promise to us. Heaven and earth will pass away, but not an altar of his word will go unfulfilled. We can't let the enemy cheat us out of his inheritance. So God is saying to you today, in Isaiah 1, 18, come. Let us reason together. Come. Let us reason together. Where are you at? I chose you for me from the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1.4. I chose you for me. 
I've gone to a great length to develop a master plan to redeem you. You know when you are redeeming something, you are giving something in exchange for something. You are not buying, you are giving something in exchange for something. And he gave his best. He gave his all. John 3.16 he said he loved the world so much that he gave his only son. Even people that have 10 children, if you tell them, give me one of your children, they'll be like, seriously? And at that point, God said, my work is finished. But even though God's work is finished, it sets the stage for you and I. It is the beginning, or it should mark the beginning of a walk and a fellowship for you and I with him. In the light of this very great sacrifice, God is asking you this morning, and those of you watching from home, how are you running this race that is set before you? He say, in Hebrew it says, seeing that, you know, we have all this cloud of witnesses. Let us run. Let us run. Are you running? Are you walking? Or are you crawling? Or have you even stopped running? Hmm? Complacency has set in. Forget about the ocean. You do your own drop. Put your own drop with the giftings and the grace that he has given unto you. He says he gives grace according to the measure of gifts. So whatever he's called you to do, there's a grace behind it. So how are you running this race? Are you playing church or are you the church? Are you being the church yourself? Wherever you are, you've been, the church is not the physical temple. It's, it's structure. It is you and I. Engrossed in him. Falling in love with him over and over. Not just marking attendance, oh, I've gone to church today. Or proclaiming with a mouth, I'm just a Christian. Are you relying on his grace or on your own strength? Are you laying it down? Or are you holding back? It would be good for you and I to say, to be able to say it is finished. That was what Paul said in Hebrews 12. He said, look, uh, Second Timothy said, I have run the race. I have finished. Paul was another person that was bold enough to say, I have finished. And there lies ahead for me a price. Please, I want to encourage us this morning. Like we said in the Bible study, I'm not forcing. I'm just going to encourage. I'm going to admonish us. Let's rethink the way we're running this race. Don't let anything beset us. Don't let anything distract us. Not even your spouse, not even your children, not even your job. Not even you yourself. Because sometimes we can be our own greatest adversary. Let us rethink how we're running this race. It is finished. 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 Let's bow our heads and just thank God. Let's appreciate him for the grace to finish the work on the cross. For the summing principalities and powers and making a show of them. Let's give him glory. Let's give him honor. Let's commit ourselves into his hands. Let's rethink he knows where you are. He knows your struggles. He doesn't want you to do it alone. He wants to, he's there, he's waiting for you to do it with you. To go through it with you. 
You are not alone. He says we do not have a high priest who is not concerned or affected by what we're going through. But he himself has gone through it. So he can, he's able to empathize. He's able to, to be compassionate. Father, we thank you. We exalt your holy name. We worship you. Death could not hold you. The grave talk before you. Silence the post of sin and shame. The heavens are roaring. The grace of your glory. For you are raised to life again. You have no You have no rival. You have no equal now and forever. God reigns. Your sins, the King. Your sins, the King. Your sins, the glory. Your sins, the name above all. Come on, let's sing it together. It's a beautiful day. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. That name is what enough. A beautiful name that name is. is enough. It is finished. It is finished. The work what of salvation is finished. The plan has been established. The plan has been rolled out. Hallelujah! Woo. Yes, Lord! Father, thank you for the freedom in you. Thank you for the salvation in you. Thank you for accepting us for who we are. Thank you for accepting our imperfection and making it perfect in you, oh God. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah! For you are Oh, come on! You have no rival. You have no evil. Now and forever, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all other things shall be added unto you. Thank you for the privilege, O oh God. Thank you for the honor of knowing you, O oh God. Thank you for choosing us from the foundation of the world in you, Father. Worship you, Lord. Christ, Christ.
Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. We're going to shout the name Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the prize. Thank you for a time like this to remember you. It's an opportunity to remember you in you, O oh God. We thank you for the salvation of men and the souls of those that are yet to come into the kingdom. Thank you for drawing them unto you. Thank you because your mercy reaches out to everyone, O oh God. The blood that you have shed will not go to vain. It will not be in vain over them, O oh God. But to accomplish what you set out to accomplish, O oh God, in their lives. Father, we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's share the grace, grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah.